Greetings, mortals. Welcome to Heimdaller's Home. This is Celtic God speaking. I hope everybody's doing all right. Grab a drink, pull up a chair, let's have a talk. Today's topic is... The sterility cult, or the cult of sterility. Right, so uh, how's everybody doing today? I'm doing good. How about you, Hans? All's well. Alrighty. So, um... Yeah, this was kind of your baby today. Uh, oh, well, I guess, actually, before we get going, I want to thank everybody that listened to, uh, um, what was that, Tuesday's rant, um, for sitting through that, and uh, uh, I'm glad to, to report that some more people have uh, thrown in. We've actually broken that $300 mark, where, as a matter of fact, we're bumping up against $400 on the uh, GoFundMe now, Which so thanks, everybody, and um I also want to thank everybody that listens to the podcast, which uh, we're, we're, yeah, we, we've got some things um, stored up for that. And the the next issue of uh, Europe and Diaspora is almost complete. We're just a few articles away from, uh, we just got to touch them up. And, and it's looking fantastic. Too. Yeah, it, it's, it's looking really amazing. And then we'll be able to send that into a publisher. So hopefully that'll be coming in the next week or two. And I would like to, before we get started on this topic, because I am probably going to end up ranting a few times, is thank everybody that has supported Aethelwolf, that has spread his story around, that has uh, actually commissioned him for pieces, Hillstop Homestead. Um, I don't know if the rest of his clients are especially happy if I give their names out, but there have been several others, and I want to thank them for that. Um um, I forgot, did we, did we let Hans say uh, hello yet, or did I just jump in with the thank yous? I don't know. Now, Hans, did you get a chance? Well, yeah, um, a bit of a strange start, though, because I wasn't hearing anything for a moment, so I think my connection might have cut out, hence I uh, kind of dropped from the sky there while the music was still playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, per usual, or amazing, well-prepared... Uh, highly professional starts, as per usual. Can't be, you know, it can't be us without uh, something. You know, everything is, yeah, it always has to be something, hasn't it? But what have you? That's how it is. Um, but I want to add to that. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We're well on our way, and you know, thank you everyone who is helping us out. This is what we need. We are far from finished. But every bit helps. Every day is a step closer. And that is good. Once we really get over those bigger hurdles that we already have gotten over, things will really start picking up from there quick, more and more. And if nothing else, you'll have bragging rights. You can go around the world, so to say, and brag to others. Yeah, I helped those people with building, you know, with funding the magazine, with saving Wolf. That's a big one. I've uh, helped people with, you know, uh, with builder homes, all of that good stuff. Even, yeah, anything. And be sure to spread that because it's hope giving. It will inspire others to, you know, to, to, to drop the damn black billing already. But maybe we should just get into the topic now. All right, so what actually spawned this was, uh, I'd like to thank Lil Jeff, she ends up hearing this, because she actually brought up a very good point in a discussion, where she talked about how the, the holy family the, in uh, Christianity, uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, 
they're actually uh, they're a family of anti-life. They are they're all virgins. They're chaste. There is no life coming from them. I mean, even if you want to go with the famous meme of Oily Josh and the Greasy Boys, you aren't getting a lot of babies from butt play. So that was part of it. And then uh, I'm sure other people have had to do this, but I had uh, it's required at the job I have to do a sexual harassment sort of uh, class. It's digital, but uh, you have to sit through it and watch all these and answer all the questions and I just had this epiphany that they pretty much expect us to be sexless cogs while we're at work. And I started thinking more and more about how society's built up, how much anti-children propaganda, anti-family propaganda, you know, like all of these sitcoms where the white family is completely disorganized, chaotic, and everyone pretty much hates their life and is full of regrets. Um, there's quite a few that have come out like that. Um, and... Just the whole thing, because I actually want to tell a little story about the town I'm from. I'm from a very, very liberal town. I, uh, one of its nicknames is the Portland of the Midwest. Um, and there was actually this newspaper that I read once, and it had on the cover, this cover story was this woman was talking about how she was sterilizing herself. And she was talking about how she was so happy to get her ovaries taken out and how she was using this to help solve climate change and to correct the wrongs of white colonialism. And the weirdest thing was this was so pervasive. This was on the front page of a local paper. And it was, and I went around, I was like, what the frick? And I was talking to people, I was like, what is this? This is insane. And nobody was bugged by it. It was normalized. And this was years ago. And the more I've thought about it since then, the more we have decided that the world is meant to be sterile. Not just not live. It's not just death. Because death itself is a gift. It's a mercy. It's a, it's a point in life where we have lived a long enough time. But what they're talking about is just life that never was. They're full stop. Not a cycle, not a continuation, not a time of rest, just a full-on end. And this has been something that has been, been pushed in a lot of things in the modern culture, from the SJWs to the Christians, because a lot of early Christian cults actually, uh, they would uh, castrate themselves, so they would not feel the pain of uh, sexual draw. And it's become so pervasive that it's even to the point where well, um, terrified. like you see, historically there were cults, cults that would uh, castrate themselves, and the women would cut off their breasts. And this is effectively what's going on now. Yes, the the, vas the vasectomy cults, the uh, women getting mastectomies, and it's all all these glorified. sex changes, sex changes, or uh, in other cases, because I actually saw a couple. When I was at work that same day, and there was a woman, well, a female. Uh, I don't know if I'd give her the courtesy of referring to her Anyways. as a woman. But she was she was just obese. And then I thought she was with her female friend. It turned out it was her boyfriend. Because he was so thin and lanky and had on these loose-fitting clothes with long hair, no facial hair. And I legit thought it was... A, 
a woman. Not a very attractive one, but female. And they were both just... They were an example of just how weird and twisted things have become. And this is sort of what I wanted to talk about because our culture has effectively... Um, it's gone from having a veneration for fertility, for life, to becoming more and more sterile. And well, and the, the sterilization extends beyond just sexual sterilization. It extends into sterilize your food, sterilize the surfaces, sterilize your water, sterilize your water, sterilize, 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 until it gets to the point where everything is so sterilized that nothing can live, not even us. Yeah, and, and they'll, you know... Uh, Wear deodorant, wear cologne. It, everything has to be this artificiality. It even extends into the holidays. Uh, instead of a Christmas tree or bringing in new life or even, you know, having a tree in the woods. Well, the hypoallergenic. That's just another way of uh, doing um, uh, sterilization. <clears throat> and uh, that ties into the Christmas tree because what is the plas plastic Christmas tree? It's, it's a sterile Christmas tree. Yes, it's not living. Same with Easter. Most people use plastic Easter eggs. And the reason that I think this is important is you hear it all the time in our circles. Uh, make white babies. Have white babies. Start white families. But at the same time, there is this almost unnatural obsession with like the sterile and the clean and it's not which is really it's just another way of saying the dead yeah it is if you think about it that's it, legitimately what it is or even to the extent of just non-life because <clears throat> sterile doesn't is not a rotting corpse or even the corpse already rotted it is the absence of life or death yeah that, that's far more accurate um, as uh, Hailstorm actually put it, uh, I'm not sure if she can join at the moment, but she actually termed a lot of the people that push this because the people that do it, the people that go and sterilize themselves push other people to sterilize them. The people that, you know, sterilize their entire house, they are extreme germaphobes and they make other people do the same thing. She referred to them, and I think it's a good term, uh, anti-life hustlers. Right. Well, and that's it, is because they aren't content with sterilizing themselves in their own lives. They insist on everybody else doing the same. <coughs> well, and the reason that I think this is also important is we have... There is this thing that has happened since Christianity where humans do not consider themselves animals. And this is unhealthy. And the reason it's unhealthy is because it's we stop treating ourselves like we're living things. We, we treat ourselves as separate, like we're, we don't have to follow any rules of nature. You know, last time I checked, we have to eat, drink, piss, uh, shit, and fuck just as much as every other mammal. You know, it's like they've convinced people that uh, breast milk is poisonous to babies. Well, it's part of that whole... Um the whole reason why I push against esotericism is it, it's not that the imagination think about these things are bad. It's that people ignore life while they're doing that. Well, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. You cannot build a society on the esoteric. I know a lot of people like to have those like Conan the Barbarian-esque stories of a city clouded with esotericism built on the grave of a god or something. 
most of the time, things don't start like that. Things start with a man, a woman, a few other men and women's families, a tribe. Don't forget something as, as modest and humble as worm shit. Worm shit. Because here's the thing is, and I, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day. I'm like, everything eats everything. Even if you die and you're not eaten, like you're not like swallowed by a killer whale or a bear or something, you're rotting, provided that the cycle continues, that they're not trying to cut off the cycle. You will be absorbed by bacteria, that you will be absorbed by worms, you will be absorbed by roots. And we can be horrified. This is a good thing, actually. This is a good thing because it means that. Everything you are will continue, both physically and spiritually. Spiritually, you know, uh, I'm a theistic pagan. I believe that, if nothing else, our our uh, consciousness, our energy, does continue on in some form. And even if you don't believe it, believe that part, which is also fine. Um, the memory. What did you do that's memorable? Yeah, and that too, because it's like I've said before. What are me- what are our gods but the ghosts of the greatest among us? And that is something that I think we forget. We try to distance ourselves from the gods. And it's it's a thing we picked up from Abrahamism. Because the gods are part of us. It's all connected. I know CG hates this word, but I think the common term is uh, holistic. It's a terrible word. Uh, it's been... Every time I hear it, my anus puckers up. I get a rash. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it's a whole thing. And I'd actually like to read this brief passage from Tatterhood, which is, I believe, a Scandinavian fairy tale. Not sure if it's Norwegian or Swedish. But um, it's a story after... um, At this point in the story, the king and queen, they haven't had a child. They've brought the niece to live with them. The niece has met this wild uh, child, uh, basically a a woodwose child in the woods. And she has a witch for a grandmother. And they've brought her in because she's said that she can help heal their um, heal their infertility. Even though at first he den- she denies it. And it's this. In the grandeur of the hall, at first she denies the powers. That the child is tongue eager. Bent to exaggeration. But as the dusk shadows flood over the gold, she relaxes. In that time before candles are lit, she shows some form. Her proud shape juts into the room. She is... Mirkstapa, the boundary walker. Zaunreiter, a hedge straddler. Hagazusa, hag. She gulps brandy and spits chicken claw words. You will never grow large. Your bed is too high, too smart, too far from dirt. In your far-off tower, a woman's eggs grow dizzy. A man's purling will be as a drizzle of stagnant water. You can rut like the creamy whale ablaze with its concubine in the indigo kingdom, but nothing much will happen. Take your bed, your pillows, and hold your thinking. Your graceful sheets out to the farthest stable with the pitted earth floor. Tonight, woman, after you bathe, carry the water, a clink down the stairs, sloshing with your filth. Give it to the stable dirt, four-directioned, intended, deliberate. Then drag the bed over the pool and start the steady grind of your seating. At dawn, push the bed aside. There will be two flowers, white and red. Eat the white. Under no circumstances, eat the red. Do this, and all will change. And I read that story, the whole thing, a few uh, a month or two ago. Uh, and uh, that's the whole thing is we've removed ourselves so much from nature, what we refer to as filth. 
Because what what do yes, there is refuse. There is things that are unfortunate uh, in our modern society that we create. And this is um, this is this is very unhealthy. You know, we, we have grown to despise sweat. We have grown to despite despise getting dirty. We have grown to despise just anything to do with nature because what is nature from the perspective of someone that is obsessed with this sterile environment but an endless maze of dirt and uncleanness? And what do many people refer to you know, people that go against the norm. They refer to them as the unclean. Yeah. And this obsession with uh, cleanliness, with... Um, and I'm not arguing people should go wallow in the muck. I'm I, I will. Go wallow in the muck. It's good for you. Okay, yes. But it's... We Fortunately, need... your skin is dirt-tight and watertight, so it does wash off. Yes. I mean, we've... Uh, most men don't have calluses. Most men are soft. Most... Women are soft. We've we've abandoned the forest and been taught to fear it. And we even had someone in our chat a few a couple months ago who was even pushing that we should stay out of the forest. Well, and um, th this is one of the th one of my concerns actually about when we get a town. Somebody gets a cut. Somebody gets cut, and they're so worried about um, infection. Oh no! I need the neosporin, uh, the uh, uh, rub alcohol into it, and I need stitches and all this crap. Because here's a basic truth: if you need less than six stitches, you didn't need stitches. Yeah, most of the time it's done to basically just keep you from whining. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's like the masks. Even the people that are still pushing the mask but have admitted that they don't believe them. They argue it's psychosomatic, mm -hmm. even though all the people that are getting uh, pro-COVID tests are the, uh, the mask wearers. Yes. Because here's the thing. Sterility and this obsession with cleanliness is making us sicker. When really, when what really, we need to do is... Go ahead, Hans. People seem to forget that we also have an immune system... And just like our bodies in general, if you don't train your immune system, that's the point where you're going to end up weak. That's the point where if you get a bit of dirt on you, you may actually be in danger. Why? Because your immune system, your white blood cells or what have you, uh, in equivalent to whether for one guy or a bunch of what you might say... Um, uh, like 300 pound bodybuilders, white blood cells that take no bullshit and immediately get rid, get rid <clears throat> of viruses and what have you. Uh, those who always, you know, live in, want to live in as sterile as possible environments uh, have uh, their, yeah, their immune system that's basically the equivalent of a 300 pound fat so sitting in his couch eating uh, cheese all day. <laughs> and, well, yeah, and actually, look, there's actually studies done. Um, they're not pushed forward, but if you dig around a little bit, you can find them where they have linked the increased sterility of the world with the increase of allergens, or allergies, rather. Because the allergens have always been there. 
But due to the sterility of the world, the body, people's bodies don't know how to deal with it. And so then you have those uh, allergic reactions. Like the allergies to nuts, for instance, going up. The, the rates of uh, not just hay fever, but severe hay fever going up. It's because of the sterility of the world. One of the treatments, for instance, if you're allergic to bees is, oh yeah, they sting you with bees. To train your body how to fight bee stings. Well, it's, it's like... Go ahead. Well, this like... Um, <clears throat> mind you, I'm quoting him, keeping in mind, I'm not doing what everyone else does, is where you see a quote and that be that. No. A quote like this is usually the beginning of wisdom, not the end. It mm -hmm. requires about it and this is what you know Nietzsche for example had to say is that you know at root what it comes down to is that the Christianity specifically he spoke about Christianity that it is a disgust with life that it is uh, yeah and therefore by consequence of that uh, you know this Abrahamic way of thinking or just in general this pie way of thinking I, I guess it's yeah, these are people who are miserable as can be, they don't like life, and what else do we know is that misery loves company, and it will drag everything, everyone down with them uh, if, you, if they are allowed to do so. And look at our societies today. You can't even, like, they're doing their very best to actually punish people, you know, and... Yeah, in many cases you will get punished if you don't follow them with their disgust for life. Like, take a damn risk already. You take a fucking chance, <laughs> to quote a comedian who shall not be named. But, um, yeah, take a damn chance already. And we, you know, every one of us, not just the three of us here, not just even all of us who are partaking in these streams, that includes those who are just listening in, it's not enough that all of us just say, no, I've, I'm, you know, I don't want to wear it. I don't want to join in your disgust for life. I love life and I want to live life. I want to, I won't be, you know, put in a cell, uh, which is then, you know, yeah, I won't have my house, my home be turned into uh, a prison that I can't leave as I see fit. I won't have these masks, these muzzles be the prison that I carry on me just because there are these miserable cretins out there well and no. um, the, because uh, we've been kind of pounding on Christianity but um, so there's atheists out there that, that think that they're immune to these mindsets because they don't believe in Yahweh because they don't believe Jiminy Cricket is the oily Josh is the savior of, of your eternal soul so on and so forth and they Ha, 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 I don't believe in any such such nonsense. But, oh, no, where'd my hand sanitizer go? Oh, no, I got a, I got a little nick. I got to go to the doctor. I got, I got hit hard enough. I have a red line on my skin, and it didn't even break the skin. Oh, no, yeah. the dog bit me. My arm's going to fall off. Yeah, I got the dog venom now. It's the, the strangest thing, though, also is that those who are disgusted with life also seem mortified by death, like absolutely afraid of death as well. And that's, you know, it's actually quite astounding, isn't it? 
just afraid of everything, everywhere, all the damn time. Like you, <laughs> no big surprise that they end up being such miserable curs. Uh, but then rather, rather than doing the noble thing and just overcoming that fear and strengthening themselves, no. Drag everyone with you in the same hole. Well, that you way know, you feel it. comfortable in your fear because everybody else is too. So therefore, I am no longer a coward. Now I'm brave because everyone else is like me. Well, it's like you know, how many people are scared of eating uh, raw meat? And in some cases, it's true. I don't want to eat raw chicken. I don't want to eat raw chicken because it tastes like yuck. Well, poultry and general raw beef, like on the other hand, is delicious. Yes. Uh, there's raw even... venison, also delicious. Oh, raw man, rabbit actually to... isn't too bad. I'd love to get some game meat, but I don't think we'd have anywhere to process but poultry, it. raw? I, d- I don't like the taste of it. So Well, you and I have actually discussed it, that we think that we specifically raised birds for the eggs, and we right. just ate the poultry to not waste because it. Because raw eggs, I'll, I'll eat raw eggs. They taste good. Yeah. I mean, and they've even the, the issues with uh, raw eggs, the uh, specific problem with it seems to be... Uh, the, the mass making because they can get contaminated. But otherwise, well, that and the chicken poo on the outside. Yeah, which you just clean off. That's the main thing. Uh, and there's just like an obsession with plastics. Everything is plastic now. It's even the people seem plastic. Yes. Tupperware stuff. Oh, uh, Tupperware. The, the the plastic seals with the burp. That thing. Yes, I, the airtight plastic uh, containers and what have you. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing among many females for some reason. Uh, yeah. It started well, in the 1950s. Well, it's not just females, it's the guys too. Yeah. Or, oh, if you leave some meat out on the counter for 10 minutes, it is actually difficult to get a modern person to eat it. Yes, it is. It, it, for me, for a while, when I was still super domesticated, Mm-hmm. I'm getting getting a bit of a shaggy coat. Pretty much, I had back. to leave some stuff out on the counter to to show, tell, at what point it actually became unsafe to eat. Yes. Mostly by doing it to myself. And here's the thing: is like some of people's favorite foods. They are made in absolutely what moderns would consider disgusting ways. For instance, sausages or uh, relish. Relish is made in an absolutely horrifying way if moderns found out about it. Yes. That's why they, they keep a lot of this stuff secret. Or um, ketchup. Ketchup is made with fish sauce. Which, what is fish sauce made from? Rotten fish. No doubt. Uh, same with same way with uh, uh, soy sauce and wor- Worcestershire. All those fish sauces, all the fish sauces are made effectively the same way. Or uh, vinegars and alcohol are made from rotted items. It, it, this very rot, like everyone is into fermentation. Fermentation is just controlled rot. That's it. And what is controlled rot? Because everyone thinks that means things are dying. No, it means things are living. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with fermentation. They're living on the, on the dead thing. Yes. And what do we create with that? We create some of our best foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, sourdough, sausages, bacon. Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut, sour cream. Vinegar. Vinegar. Yeah, I mean... Alcohol. It's alcohol. I mean... Actually, most of the foods that we eat actually are controlled controlled rot. Well, and it makes sense because before refrigeration, it was basically 
you had to do something to preserve it, and smoking or uh, preserve or uh, preserving through rot. And these are things that kept us alive. It's it's life. Life is dirty. Life is messy. But that's what makes it beautiful. Well, that's what makes it living and not just surviving in a cage. It's the thing about sterility is it's it's not life and it's not death. It's just nothing. Well, and uh, uh, Finrath he mentions that, he mentions that a lot of our modern devices are made by modern slaves. Yes, and I want everybody to realize in the audience this means us as well. It means us as well. If you work at a factory, if you work at a store selling these devices, any of this, it's just another form of slavery. They tell you it's freedom, but walk away from it and see what happens. Just, just stop. Just stop and see how free you actually are. Precisely. Oh, cheese. We almost forgot cheese. Oh, cheese. That's a beautiful controlled rot. I love it. It's that, actually that is, absolutely amazing. And here's the thing is, cheeses are like the signature of Europe. Very few other areas have it. And if they do, it's really different from our cheese. That is like signature European right there. And we haven't gotten proper cheese. Uh, my man's mentioning uh, garum. I have no idea what that uh, is. It's probably a fermented thing. Uh, kvass. People like kvass. I'm guessing it's a Slavic thing. I don't know. Probably. Slavs aren't real people. Or that's another like thing. Finns. Is, Finns aren't real people either. Everybody is, knows that the world is Irish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it, this brings us to our food. I mean, it's like sourdough. Sourdough is a flavor well, now. I don't understand this whole sterile food thing because... Food by its very nature cannot be sterile. Yeah, but you can pasteurize it. You can. You and that's like the the milk where everybody's like, I'm lactose intolerant. No, you're not. You're pat you're pasteurized milk intolerant. Most cheeses aren't cheese. Yeah, most cheeses are actually mostly oil. Or uh, sourdough bread, unless you buy it like fresh baked. And even oh, and I used to think I was allergic to cheese. It turns out. No, I'm actually, it's the, the amount of oils in it, because if I eat a lot of oily things, I have the same reaction as I do to cheese. So I get the headache, my stomach's all churning, it's actually the oils that's in it. I get a hold of regular cheese, real cheese, real cheese. Oh, I, I, can, I can eat it by the pound. Or, um, I, but then I get sick for another reason, it's because a pound of cheese is, it, that's something special in your stomach. There, there's a lot of cheese. Or actual smoked sausages, like yes. controlled rotten smoked. Those don't... Like, I will buy things that say smoked sausage on them. I know deep in my soul these aren't real smoked sausage. I love smoked sausage. I know that all they've probably done is throw some liquid smoke in there. Most of the time, that's actually the smoked anything that you get isn't actually smoked. Oh, it's I, uh, it's a chemical that they put in to make it taste smoked. Same with sourdough bread. Same with a lot of things. They aren't actually doing these things. Um, or one of my favorite ones is, oh my goodness, you're saying that we can eat popple trees? That's absolutely disgusting. Welcome to Wonder Bread. The biggest purchaser of, of Aspen pulp. Is uh, it, it's not it's not mead. Everybody thinks that's mead. Uh, I think it's mead. The, the paper company. Everybody thinks that's paper company. It's not. It's actually Wonder Bread. And there's nothing wrong with that wood pulp. Absolutely nothing wrong. It's 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 actually probably better for you than wheat flour. Well, and 
this is more of a problem in America, but it's also becoming a problem in Europe too. The, the sterile food, this sterile mindset. And kind of the worst thing is that people have grown up with these sterile foods, so they like them. There's this nostalgia aspect. Because even I'll admit, there are just complete junk foods that I know are terrible for me that I get a little bit of a the warm fuzzies in when I think about them. Like, <coughs> I, I think the your biggest weakness is pudding, but honestly, that's that's just a... That's just cream and flavoring and gelatin, naturally. Right. So. It's just because I'll eat, I'll eat ridiculous amounts of it. That's why it's my kryptonite. Is I'll eat, especially if it's uh, real pudding, I guess. Like, not the instant pudding, but pudding that's made with real milk from the animal, not pasteurized. And then the real ingredients to make it into pudding. Yeah, I'll eat it until I get sick and then come back and eat more until I get sick. I'll eat it until it's gone. Until it is gone. I don't care. It could be a 50-gallon drum of it. I will just keep... It is my kryptonite. I can say no, but once I start, it's on. Precisely. And this is... it. It's in the food. It's in our clothing. I mean, a lot of people can't even afford, you know, real cloth. I mean, I guess there's like Hanes cotton shirts. But it's like the crappiest cotton. I mean, you go any further, you end up with like some kind of potato sack. Well, and, and again, it's not just the Christians that have this problem. No. Because I've met a lot of um, a lot of atheists that are like, oh, 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 those silly Christians. And then they turn around and do the exact same thing. They still have that, that Abrahamic mind poison. Well, most of these SJWs out there, they are Christian. Yeah. Most of them are. Some are. Most are not. Some even call themselves pagan. Oof. No. That's a whole nother thing. But they think that they're intellectually superior because they're not uh, because they're not Christian. But they're they're still sterilize this, sterilize well, that, sterilize yourself. Specifically, it's they are not theist. Right. That's what makes them feel so special. Ha ha ha! You believe in a god, the uh, spaghetti monster in heaven. Ha ha ha! Because I've had good laughs with them, and then they get just mad at me when I point out to them they have the same thought processes as these. People that they mock. They do. They just have a reverse stance that they're zealous on. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's actually an insult going around from the LGBT community that is used to refer to people that actually are straight and have children. Breeders. I'm not entirely sure how that's an insult, but it goes around. Us darn breeders. And the fact that breeder has become an insult. Mm -hmm. Well, and... and one of the things that I, I mentioned quite frequently about these uh, atheists being the same as the Abrahamics is they're still universalist. All they've done was gotten rid of the book. Well, but in they're some still cases, universalist not even because that. I've had conversations with them where they're complaining about the breeders and all oh, white people think that it's okay for them to breed because the the global population proportion is so low. But we're all actually the same people, so it doesn't matter what. Or uh, they've actually, along with all the don't have families, it's awful for you propaganda, they have actually started to push white women having white babies is terrorism. Yes. It's, it's like a legit thing uh, backed by, by the uh, government, I believe, when I chased it down. The, the meme I saw didn't say anything about it, but when I chased it down, yeah, it was, there's a government, um, uh, an American government um, advocacy something or other that's behind it. 
Well, it's like uh, Planned Parenthood or anything like that. It's and then if you have kids, you're viewed as just odd. You're viewed as strange. But I'll admit, like when someone comes in with little kids, little white white man cubs, and them at the store, I always get a smile on my face, mm-hmm. even if the kid's just being a little rascal. Like I had one who tried to steal something because he just was like. Mom's not looking. Grabs chapstick, throws in the bag. Mom caught it, but it was it was it was an adorable bit of mischief that I'm hoping he does not continue into uh, some shoplifting teen years. Well, my uh, my favorite thing is when kids are being kids. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. Is it's it's something I did as a kid. It's like I want this beanie baby. Throws in the middle of the groceries when I was like four or five. Mom won't notice. And that's the thing is we, we have demonized children because that's what pe- we are actually taught. Like, especially young men are at, and young women, I'm assuming as well, but we're taught that having a child will ruin your life. The, the actual, um, they become this thing that you just cannot bear the idea of having. It's what's drilled in. From a young age. And it doesn't help when, like, uh, they'll do sex education. And I don't know how many people actually remember what their sex education was like in middle school. I remember it, and it was not fun. <laughs> but two of the, the things that I remember most from that period. Um, we had to watch someone give birth, which they were very graphic with. Um, and they, they did it in the most just horrifying way possible to present it as just something that is just monstrous like a body horror movie Mm -hmm. and then they also passed around these pieces of paper with drawings of genitalia and when they would get the when the girls would get like the male genitalia they'd be they'd all start laughing at it Mm -hmm. and they these are not like gender segregated classrooms so they're not exactly teaching people to have any positive attitudes toward this at all right well, and the thing is, is girls laugh for a different reason than guys do. That really, that that's that's the reality of it. Females and males, we're we're not the same. Uh, even our sense of humor is very different from each other. But um, on that note, here since we got a, a natural pause, I'm going to pause for a commercial break. I'm going to encourage everybody to check out our podcast um, because even if you have Nothing to donate but your time. You can listen to listen to our podcast. That actually helps us out uh, financially because uh, Anchor Anchor FM is kind enough to pay us for the advertisements that we've recorded for it that you guys get to listen to. So yeah, make sure to to check that out. Share it around with your friends or your not friends even. Um, send it over to some liberals and let them just fucking re. Be like, hey, listen to this. You'll love it. It's, it's great. It's cutting edge. Um, and, yeah, I, again, I want to also thank everybody that's uh, uh, recently donated to the Wilder Homes Life, uh, Wilder Homes Project um, GoFundMe. The site for it is wilderhomesproject.life. That's where I, I got the life put up in it. But, um, yeah, we'll be right back. Go ahead. Well, I think the next thing to kind of talk about with this is just how 
much they have taught people to be uncomfortable in their own body, which is really weird when you think about how the, the culture has been built because they're trying to push this body positivity. But what they're actually doing is they're glorifying the, the, the grotesque. And I've stated before in previous podcasts, there's beautiful and grotesque. And these are both actually different sides of the same coin, which is actually why it's so freaking problematic. Right. Well, grotesque can actually be beautiful. Yeah, like Krampus masks. Mm-hmm. But what it is, is it's effectively something that you can't look away from. It, it's, it's like the inverse of beauty. You know, like a painting, like that those paintings of hell that people mm-hmm. like, that are horrifying. Uh, gargoyles. The well, horrifying the is the most common. However, it doesn't have to be something horrifying. No, but like uh, the difference between and they've they've gone in both directions. They've created this false standard of beauty, which makes anybody with you know who hasn't literally starved themselves. Right, and again, it's good. not just our people that this false standard is for. Yes, exactly. They've literally taken all the races and then mushed them together and say, this is what the human race should look like. They have averaged out... nobody will ever be able to achieve. They've averaged out the beauty standard of every race, which is just making everybody go insane. It's... Well, in reality, it also stimulates hatred, which uh, I advocate for apathy. Not apathy of what's being done, apathy of who's doing it, much like uh, you're apathetic to the fly that buzzes around your food. Yeah, and here's the thing is everyone always tries to use like, oh, but I have a black friend. I've had, you know, black acquaintances and people I like too. That doesn't say I've the whole met, thing. like two of them I actually respect. Yeah, I mean, in fact, uh, you got online because an African-American woman actually uh, recommended you to. Yes. So begged me to. Yeah, so we're not actually pushing a sort of hatred because there's no point. It's against our own nature. The apathy and love for our own. That's what we talk about. Well, apathy to the other, love of our own. Yes. Which love of your own is not hatred of the other. As a matter of fact, uh, the opposite of love is apathy. Yes. It's not hatred. To hate something, you have to actually care about it. Precisely. And to go into that even further in regards to just our people is someone can look at a dog or a tiger or a bear and be like, oh, look at that beautiful animal. But somehow, unless it is explicitly sexual, which this is the oddest thing, is one of the reasons that it has become so... um, Well, if you're talking about beauty, I can think a tree is beautiful, but that doesn't mean I want to fuck it. Yeah, exactly. And... But what I'm getting at here is that, oddly enough, by making the body overly sexualized, they have actually de-sexed people. Because it makes it so that the human form is so inherently sexual that people are not just allowed to be like, they're pretty. Without it potentially being some kind of harassment. Well, and, what, yeah, exactly. And with this, this whole harassment thing, which I think yesterday you had to go through some training for that. That's uh, not even done um, yet. I've talked to some women. They actually get upset because they will go out of their way to look pretty when they go to work, and then nobody comments on it. This damages these women psychologically. Yeah, and we're not really allowed to do that because there are times I've definitely wanted to say, man, you look pretty today. I could get, I could lose my job over that. Yeah. So, 
Both sexes actually need to start fighting back against that. Yeah, it, Both sexes need to start fighting back against that. Because a woman might find you attractive, but she doesn't... She's scared of losing her job, so she can't tell, tell you, Mr., you look good. I like your face. It fits the front of your skull perfectly. And you can't say the same thing to her. Well, and I've had moments where I have had women actually compliment me, and it usually slips out on accident. But the fact that I remember them so clearly actually goes to show how rare it is. I've actually had, uh, and this was before I bulked up and got bigger and burlier, I was told I was like a German god, which actually shows how low the bar is, sadly, for, uh, for German-Americans. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it stuck with me. I was very, imp- I was very yeah, surprised. It, it appears to be one of your favorite memories that you like to revisit. Hey, 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 when a pretty girl says you look like a German god just as a reflex, yeah, you remember that. <laughs> and really, it shouldn't be so odd to hear compliments. It really should not be. We should Feel free to give compliments. And not just on the way people look, but behavior. Well, the human form used to be considered sacred. Even among Christians, oddly enough, the, the human form was given a a beautiful standard. It's why, you know, the <laughs> Greeks would paint them. And here's a fun fact for people. When the Greeks did statues of their gods, they ex- they removed the body fat unless they were explicitly depicting them as obese. Mm-hmm. Why? Because gods don't need body fat. They eat for pleasure. But the heroes, the Greek heroes, though, you look at them, as opposed to the Greek gods, they had body fat. Yeah, it's like... Like, like Heracles. Yeah, everybody wants... Everybody keeps trying to look like frickin' Mercury or Adonis, and I'm like, I want to look like Heracles or something, because it... I would rather be as big as a bear, bear and as burly to match, than... You know, basically be... Well, as Hyperboreans, we are warlike. Um, Don't be ashamed because your junk shrinks up. It just means that it's less likely to get cut off by a sword or an axe. Or frostbite. Or frostbite. Because, fun fact, black junk does not actually reverse. Uh, CG found that out talking to a woman who'd unfortunately fucked both. Yeah. But... Well, and it's in the, the medical documentation anyways, if you look it up, because I was like, what, really? So I looked it up, and I again, I don't go to, what does CNN say about it? He also does not go to blackdick.com. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't go to that. Um, I go to usually, um, crap, I can't remember the name of, of the, the medical sites, but like cdc.gov. That will get you in the direction of a lot of your, your medical researches and whatnot because they, they quote a lot of it in there. They, they use it as, uh, as their sources uh, along with their own doctors. But I have a tendency to go to .govs and then chase their sources. Which well, unfortunately now includes a lot of CNN and Times Magazine. But um, yeah, I, I, I have a tendency to actually backtrack real research. And that's a good thing to do. And I guess the reason that this is interesting, if you think about it, is think about uh, Christianity on average. And I'm not trying to just pick on that, but it's the oldest example. So, Well, Abrahamics. Abrahamics. Because they're all really old. And they all have influence on our peoples because 
Like, Bosnia, a white country, is Muslim. Yes. And, yes, people will point out, well, the church forbade wasting seed. Well, some of the churches did. Other churches encouraged castration. Um, but on the same token, priests are not supposed to actually have sex for procreation. Nor are nuns. They broke those rules quite a bit. Uh, well, and here's where some... Uh some Catholic historian is going to come out and say, well, priests were allowed to get married right up until such and such a date, and this is true. However, it was discouraged. Precisely. And I think one of the reasons that this most aggravates me is it's not just because it keeps us from hair bonding, and it keeps us from actually living, because we're so scared to walk in the river because we're worried it's poison. Right, so why is the water brown? It's got poop in it. No, got, no, it doesn't. It's it, got dirt for a bottom. Yes. It's like uh, the bear. It's water in a barrel is barrel colored. Fancy that. And, um, but along with keeping us from pair bonding and having communities because everyone's so freaking terrified that something bad's going to happen. It also, they've specifically demonized children mm. as if the children are this demon spawn that. Well, Must and really, avoided. if you want healthy children, when you do have them, uh, go out and roll them around in the dirt. Yeah, roll around with them, get, get all stuff. sweaty and dirty and grass stains all over everything. Have them ride an alligator. <laughs> yeah, 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 like the little girl on that. Yeah, the little girl on the movie. alligator from the old movie. Um, or have them play with the dog, play with the cat. Right. Let them get scratched and bumped and bruised. It actually makes them stronger. It, it Strengthens their their immune systems. It strengthens their muscles. Strengthens their their cardiovascular system. It strengthens, which includes the veins and the arteries, so that they will actually get bruised less. Because I know it's a and again, you you can research this because it's uh, it's documented in the uh, uh, in the medical field. Is the people that live the the more docile lives, um, sedentary lives. That's the word. More sedentary lives have a tendency to get to bruise more frequently and bruise more severely than people who are actually physically active. And part of being physically physically active is you get bruises. Um, I know a lot of the guys here, they probably lift weights. And I'm sure that you guys have lifted weights, never even banged yourself, and you end up with bruises. That, that's you, you popped a vein. You, you popped a, a blood vessel of some kind or a series of capillaries. And then they heal, and then they're less likely to, brew, uh, to to pop the next time. Well, I remember one time when we were sparring, and you tested a sword against a uh, a tree, and the piece of the sword... The well, bones, it was a wooden sword. A people. wooden sword. Don't, don't, don't get all freaked out. Came out and just hit me in the thigh so freaking hard. And then, like, I was impressed he didn't pass out, honestly. Uh, and then that night, I felt like there was something weird going on with my leg. And what it was was the the, the veins that had been closer to the edge mm -hmm. were actually moving further inward mm -hmm. because then they could avoid injury. So when you get injured in these small ways, your body actually starts protecting these things. The, import the important bits. Yeah, but if it thinks, oh, hey, there's nothing wrong here. Let's just put all the useful stuff right up front. <laughs> nothing <laughs> bad can happen that way. So, yeah, don't be afraid. What's that, Hans? I heard you key up. Well, that's that's the thing, right? Um, life is about learning, and it actually includes your physicality. 
you need to teach your body certain things too. Uh, we call that, we tend to call that disciplining yourself or physical discipline. Um, there's uh, quite a uh, significant lack uh, of that in people who, you know, are constantly mortified by everything around them too, who are disgusted by by all of this life and risk around them. Uh, don't you know they they refuse to work on themselves at all and um, well yeah <clears throat> that's uh it's actually a good point to bring up it's like yeah you it's like uh you can't uh, like a smith cannot forge a great tool without bashing the metal simply not a thing and it's for yeah if you want to craft yourself into a, a fully rounded person you're gonna go. You're gonna have to go through a few knocks in life. That's just how it is. Well, there's that quote. I forget who said it, but there's a uh, improvement is. So, I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it's improvement is painful because the person is both the marble and the sculptor. And this is very true. And it requires us to actually get to actually get hurt, to actually move forward, to actually be okay with getting banged up to rolling around in the mud to get grass stains well and really a lot of this uh comes back to something else that we talk about a lot a lot is setting fear to the side don't live in fear because they make you scared of of germs they make you scared of injury they make you scared of bacteria they make you scared of the coof they they make you scared of what people will think they make you scared of of what might happen. So, really, it's it's all about putting fear to the side and striding boldly out into life. Don't be scared. And, yes, fear is a natural reaction. However, what we're talking about is controlling the fear and not letting the fear control you. Precisely. And... One well, thing. one of our favorite shows, Doctor Who, he talks about it all the time. Oh, you're scared. That's great. It's good. It's good that you're scared. You think faster. You run faster. You see more than you've ever seen in your life. You hear the air molecules moving around because you hear better than you've ever heard before in your life. Being scared is fine. Living in fear is something different. Once you're living in fear, that's fear controlling you. You're no longer in control of the fear. Well, I think the doctor even said fear is a superpower, but yes. it's how you use it. And that is one of the main things there. It's like uh, when you actually, when your bones break, they mend harder. Mm-hmm. Wolf's law. Yeah. When your muscles br- uh, tear, provided it's not a horrible, horrible tear, they heal stronger. Right, the, the little micro tears that happen whenever you do anything physically physically active, they heal and they heal stronger. When you get sick, you actually are more capable of <coughs> fighting it when you survive. Like when I got chicken pox, I was just a wee babe. I was like three, four, five, six months old. I got chicken pox. I don't have to worry about it the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Probably. CG got it three times. Right, well, uh, it's because it uh, turns out I wasn't actually uh, vaccinated. So when, when I talk about the conversation I had is because I'm anti-vax, but I'm not anti-vax because of any uh, increased rates of autism or anything like that because there's nothing to support that. I looked, and really there's not. Um, 
I'm a, I'm anti-vax based solely off from things that the CDC themselves have said about it. And I had somebody say, well, it's easy for you to say you've been vaccinated. Turns out, no, I was not. The only thing I've ever been vaccinated for was tetanus. And every time I've been vaccinated for it was way after the time when I needed it. Like, I think I've been vaccinated for it twice in my life. And um, uh, every time that, that it probably would have been a good vaccination to have, uh, it, it timed out. So my immune system took care of it. Precisely. And I am basically immune to chicken pox now because I caught it when I was young. I never got vaccinated for it either. However, I do have a possibility of getting shingles in the future, which will be fun. Yes. Shingles. Everybody look forward to that. Which is, um, yeah, that's, it's a, it's an immuno response. So pretty much if you, uh, if you're not afraid to go out and roll around dirt, your odds of getting shingles is pretty low because your immune system stays strong. Precisely. And they're talking about, uh, hunting. How many people are like, ew, that's gross. Mm -hmm. Oh, the blood, the blood. Cause I've made, I've made manly men just vomit, just vomit, like cleaning out a deer and they got it hanging up. I don't know why they hung it up. They thought that it needed hung up. But then I'll split the gut bag open, roll the gut gut bag out, and reach up inside the torso all the way up to my shoulder and grab it, grab the esophagus from the inside and just yank it out. And I've watched full-grown, supposedly manly men vomit in the bucket <laughs> because I am now blood from the tips of my fingers all the way up to my neck. And why do I do that? Just to see if they'll vomit. I, I don't have to do that. I do it because I know what their reaction is most likely going to be. Fun fact, blood is one of the most delicious parts of an animal. It is. Um, and um, really, you didn't even realize that until I started cooking with it. And you're like, mm, what's this bit right here? Well, that's blood. I, I pour the blood in with the food. It was good. It was really good. I want to try blood pudding now. <laughs> and that, Actually, this is another thing. They've actually taught us that our foods are disgusting. Mm-hmm. Ew, you eat meat? Ew, you eat dairy? Ew, you eat grains? Ew, or, you eat fermented? This meat's a little bit gray. Maybe I should throw it out. All the meat is gray. Yes. They put red dye on it to make it look like blood. And that includes salmon, because the reason yes. it's pink is because what it eats in the wild. They don't feed it that in uh, captivity. Right. So all your meat is gray. Don't get rid of it just because it starts turning gray. Use your nose and smell it. Does it smell like it's spoiled? Precisely. We have a fairly strong sense of smell. And, well, people are so unsure of food. Like, I've had people, when I worked at the butcher shop, people would come up like, can I have grass-fed chicken? Doesn't exist. Absolutely not. You may not. It, it doesn't exist. This thing does not exist. Or, um, uh, you've actually met people who thought meat was just made in a factory. They didn't understand yes. it came from animals. Well, and, and that is coming to fruition. Pretty soon they're going to be correct. And that is horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. I, I refuse. Because what meat are they cloning? I know what they say that they're cloning, well, but what meat are they really cloning? Some of them claim they're trying to clone human meat, which is uh, not okay. I would not put it beyond the powers that be. I'm actually getting to the point where I need to find like a local butcher because I don't trust the meat we get from anywhere else. Yeah. I barely trust from the local butcher. For all I know, uh, Tony the Face Menchenza or other stereotypical mob movie name mm -hmm. was uh, made into hamburger meat. 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not apprised of the criminal underworld of Michigan. Right. Well, and again, this is just coming back to sterilizing the world, which is, as you, as you put it, um, which is actually more accurate: the removal of life. Yes, because it's not. It's not life, and it's not death. It's, it's neither. It's. It's the absence of. Well, and this was actually a belief of a lot of early Gnostic cults was. The flesh is a prison, so it's actually horrible to curse anyone else to life. So they would basically fuck, they would do like butt sex, oral sex, gay sex, anything they could do to get, get their rocks off without actually making babies. And for obvious reasons, these cults died out, which is probably why the church went the exact opposite direction in order for people to have as many kids as they could. Um... But really, it, it's, it's a whole thing. And it's, it's infected today. Like we brought up the atheists and the SJWs. And how many but most of the people I'm, I, that, honestly, that I've met that push this nonsense are atheists. Yeah, and it's because they don't believe we matter as a people. We're actually viewed as... And this is why taking us away from the animals, taking away, us away from nature is so damaging. Because then we believe that we're not only separate from it, we're damaging to it. Right. We are inherently bad. The original sin, for some, it's whiteness. For others, it's just being human. They've transferred... Just simply being alive. Yeah. They've still kept original sin. They've just shifted what it's called. Which is... It, it's horrible, actually, for all the peoples. Yes. <clears throat> and, and we talk about the raceless people uh, quite a bit. We don't hate them. Um, we pity them. Yeah, it, I feel a deep, deep sorrow for them. I really do. They shouldn't have happened. It's, And that doesn't mean that we hate them. Like you said, it's literally just, in nature, this is really uncommon. I mean, I'd, I'd be willing enough to um, to give them cities until they, they fail, until they cease. Because they don't have an environment. I've tried taking, taking some of them out uh, into nature, and they just... They can't do it. They just can't. Whereas purebreds, you've actually had them not want to come home. Oh, yeah. They just want to stay in the woods. And this is this is what's driving us insane, is this disconnection from the dirt, from the soil, from the air, from the water, from the fire, from the stars, from the sun. I mean, parts of... I'm sure people understand what I mean when I say parts of our body, parts of us, have never seen the sun. We've effectively not been allowed the sun. And it's one of the reasons I I am not the type to push, you know, the 1950s. Because the 1950s was sterile. In fact, think of how much was pushed. The, the plastics, the... the TV dinners, Betty Crocker, mm -hmm. all these other things. Well, how many people now today don't even know how to cook? Yeah, I mean... They think they know how to cook, but they don't. You hand them um, the raw ingredients, they just look at you like, what am I supposed to do well, with this? Well, you'd be surprised how many people in the food service don't know how to cook. Because mm -hmm. I've worked food service jobs, and I had a boss who tried to... Uh, we had pre-made uh, eggs ready to go out on the hot table, and she wanted to heat them up. Um, you can't heat up eggs... In a steamer, they will turn green and no one will buy them. Mm -hmm. She did that, even though she was actually specifically warned not to do that. 
Uh, but it's another female employee. Well, you do matter. that on Green Eggs and Ham Day. Maybe if we had... Uh, yeah. Well, once upon a time, people used to have a sense of humor. And you could go to a restaurant, especially right around uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day. But there's certain areas I've been to, and it's different times of the year, but they'd have Green, e- green Eggs and Ham Day at various restaurants, like celebrating Dr. Seuss. And they would intentionally, they, they wouldn't use um, um, food dyes. It was, I know for the eggs they used the steamer, and I don't know how they got the ham to turn green, but it, it, perfectly good ham. It's just the way that they that they prepared it. It just turned green. They might have corned it using specific spices because I know corned beef gets a bit a wee bit green. I am not sure actually how they did the ham at all, but I know it was all done. Like you would see them take the ham because of open kitchens. You'd see them take the can take the ham, and then they they dis- disappear with the ham, and then here comes back green ham. But uh, talking to the people, they didn't use food dye. It was what it was something that they did in the kitchen. Well, and here's an interesting but thing. But people at one point used to have a fucking sense of humor. With sterilization, guess what goes away? Precisely. Everyone is... No one has any sense of humor. And here's another interesting thing, because... Oh, frick, what was I talking about? Oh, bugs. Uh, they're pushing eating bugs. And, yeah, and as a starvation food or a survival food, our people well, we might eat maggots or earthworms. I know that that was something you had to do when you were in the woods, CG... But, um, yeah, I, I personally don't find the, um, the idea of eating bugs as being super icky. Um, I pref- okay, like when I lived in the woods, I ate a lot of bugs because they're easy to catch. Um, I had a tendency to rip the head, grubs specifically is the bulk of, of what I ate. I, and I'd rip the heads off of them because the heads got those nasty little pinchers and I didn't want to get bit on the inside of the mouth. Um, but grubs and maggots, actually. I ate just tons of them. Because they're small and they're easy to catch. They don't run very fast. Well, and there are some things in Europe that has... Well, I was just going to say it should be an option here. Like, I, I have no problem with them selling selling crickets for the express purpose of eating. But to push it on everybody, that's where I start developing that's the problem. That's the thing where it's like they basically want to turn it into the slave food. Yes. And here's a fun fact is in some cultures... This is actually, it's not even like a, a, a slave food. It's actually a thing they like to eat. Like, there was a, a Mexican cook that I worked with, and she was like an old Mexican uh, abuela. And she brought in, to work, a bag of fried crickets and grasshoppers, and she was just eating them like chips. Right. And it's perfectly normal for them, but for us, I think the there are examples, like... Uh, there's a cheese that specifically has maggots in it. Mm-hmm. But on it's not a- considered good unless it has maggots in it. And, and um, there's two different kinds that you can get. You can get the maggot-free where they, they basically drive the maggots out of it with salt. And then there's the other kind that you can get with the maggots in it. And it's actually good cheese. And, I again, I don't actually have a problem with eating bugs. What I have a problem with is eat the bugs and live in your pot. Yes. Which is basically, they are trying to destroy our diet and make us into lab-grown cannibals and bug-eaters. And that is about as dystopian as you fucking get. And here's your pod, now go to work, go back to your pod. Yeah. Well, it's... it's Clown World doesn't even describe it. It's, it's strange. 
I mean, I, just the things you see in the news nowadays, like, they're even, they're not even hiding that they're trying to put microchips in people anymore. It's fucking ridiculous. But, and that's another version of sanitizing. It's also this idea of safety over freedom. Yes, be safe. Never be safe, people. This is my suggestion. Don't be safe. Be bold. Be bold. We need to get rid of this. I, I, I know the intention behind us saying it to each other is, is it's well-intentioned, and I appreciate that. But we need to get this out of our vocabulary because that vocabulary gets into our mind. Um, we need to start encouraging each other to be bold. Be bold. Don't be safe. Be bold. Precisely. And the reason this is such an important thing is if you think about it, this is actually one of what I would call the core, the core tenets of modernity. Separate yourself from all other life. Cloak yourself in plastic. Don't touch that. You might get sick. Fear this. Fear this. Fear this. Fear, 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 fear. I mean, we can make a song out of it, and only the only word, uh, only lyric needs to be fear. Well, and one of the best ways that this ties into their desire to make us a fearful, fearful species. Fear the child. Mm -hmm. It'll ruin your life. So, uh, again, while that is one of the most detrimental things of the san uh, not sanitation, uh, sterility... Oh sterility of the world is um, that we will cease to exist uh, if we don't propagate we'll cease to exist as a species but the sterility of the world as as you've noticed so far through the show it extends into so many aspects of, of life it's like that book uh, the book that I'm writing on hospitality The problem with writing an article on it wasn't that there's not enough information. It's that there's far too much. It extends into so many aspects of life. The sterility of the world. Ster sterilization of the world. It extends into so many aspects of life. It's not that there's not enough information. There's too much information to, to concisely convey it. Far too much information. And that's why we say things like you cannot put our biospirit, who we are as a people, in a book. No. No. That, which is, yeah, why uh, I believe I started uh, bitching about it last fall. Of anybody that holds up a book, and I don't care how big it is, but definitely a pamphlet, and says everything that you need to know about your biospirit is in this book, by this book, this 75-page book, or however many pages it is. They're fucking lying to you. You could make a book the size of whatever the biggest building in, in, the, in the world is explicitly about our people, and it's still not big enough to contain our people. It is not big enough. There, there's just not enough. A book big enough that could possibly be made that could contain who we are as a people. Precisely. And it's one of the reasons that this whole standardization, you know, uh, the religion is built like this. Society is built like this. Everything is built like this. There's a little order. There's a nice little piece. The circle goes in the circle hole. The, it's, it's the same thing. 
sanitizing and sterilizing things also includes over-ordering them. Because it's like the, tr- the that meme with the tree branch, where the pine branch, mm-hmm. where the pine needles growing out of the branch, that is beautiful. That is natural order. To take them all off and sort them by size and cut the piece of wood into equal pieces and put those to the side, that is chaos. It is the destruction of life. It is orderly. It is sanitized. It is easy to control. But it is also dead. And also not alive in the first place. It is nothing. Well, and, and there's so many things that are detrimental out there. And very little of it lies outdoors. Very little of it is actually out in the wild. It's truly detrimental to us as a people. I mean, your antibacterial soaps are actually detrimental to you. Well, yeah. I, like, I've noticed most of the people that get sick every other week have those. Antibacterial soap. They sanitize their hands nonstop. They're, they wash their hands a hundred times a day. They never go outside. They always uh, are taking Benadryl or something to fight off the allergies. They rub all the lotions and creams on their skin. They they use all these the special soaps and oils in their hair so that they can be all sanitary and they're fucking sick all, all the, the time. Well, and my mom, she's a nurse, and they used to use those little sanitation like goo. Uh huh. They stopped using them because they don't work. Because that whole 99.9% of germs, do you know what stays alive? The strongest, most virulent, and least susceptible to antibiotics in all the stream. You are actually breeding super viruses. Right. Which the, uh, the most common one is, I believe it's called MRSA. It's a type of strep. It runs rampant in hospitals. And here's the thing is if you get rid of that... That what that point zero one percent is not going to just stay there and stay that way. What you've done is now that will breed, and what you once had all these different bacteria all over to your body it. to combat it, including good bacteria, because there's symbiotic bacteria inside and outside. Uh, Snow Wolf brought it up earlier as well. Mm-hmm. You are actually making yourself sicker because you're killing. The beneficial bacteria, and you are basically clearing worse. the path for the ones that are detrimental to us. So you're removing all the predators of this thing that wants to kill you. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, that's the easiest way to word it. Is you're removing all the competition, everything that will this thing wants to kill you. So what are we doing? Oh yeah, let's remove everything that keeps that thing in check. Precisely. Which, oddly enough, is what they're doing with some of the uh, anti-white groups right now. Again, because there has to be an order to things. And if there's an order to things, that means there's a good guy and a bad guy. Because sanitized worlds have no use for... uh, Have no use for... What do you want? A sanitized planet? A perfectly sanitized planet? The sun. Yeah. The sun is actually a planet. And it is perfectly sanitary so far as we can tell. Yep, no bacteria living on that fire. Well, that we know of. Well, yeah. But, I mean, because life will find find a way, yeah, as uh, they say. True. I mean, like, um, 
What are those one things? Uh, the water cows or sea uh, cows? Or? Water pigs or... Uh, bears. Water bears. Water yeah. bears uh, that live basically where nothing else on the planet can live. Yeah, they are... Uh, so there might be stuff living on the sun. How, how are... We can't get close enough to find out. Who knows? Right, who knows? But so far as we can tell... The fire elementals. Yeah, but so far as we can tell... It is a sanitary planet, like perfectly sanitized. Precisely. And it is really, truly something that I think people need to consider is free. Uh, there's a saying, it's like, uh, I prefer dangerous freedom to uh, peaceful tyranny or something like that. And we are effectively built as some form of we are kept in sterile environments. And if you try to not be sterile, well, now you're just insane, aren't you? The difference between madness and sanity in, in, in many ways is perception. Because uh, think of how many people throughout history were considered insane, but are now proven right. Yeah. Well, and... Uh... Really, I, I really cannot recommend it enough. Um, as soon as you guys get done listening to us, go out in your yard and just do like the bear crawl and push yourself through your yard. If you got a yard, if you don't, go to the park and just push yourself through the dirt and just roll all around in it. It won't kill you. Well, like we went to the park and I was... And, but there's But there might be doggy poop there. That's okay. I promise you, it's okay if you accidentally push yourself through doggy poop because your skin is, is pretty tight and, and will keep the poop from getting into your blood um, well, and it'll wash off. And well, it'll wash off your clothes too. Well, and here's the thing. All of soil is poop. All of it. All of it. It's just what kind of poop. <laughs> so, yeah, don't be afraid to get out there and... and Get a little dirty. Walk up to a spring that you don't know. I'm not saying drink three gallons of it, but don't be afraid to stick your hands in it. Or because uh, definitely do not drink antifreeze. Well, unless you're a retard, then go ahead and knock yourself out. But uh, most people know not to drink antifreeze. I've got an antifreeze on my hands, and guess what? I didn't freaking explode. He didn't burn off his fingers. Yes, I, I didn't melt into a puddle of goo. I didn't get violently ill because I just got it on my skin. And that's 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 worse for you than, than what's floating around in that water. <laughs> yeah. You can touch it. You can touch it. I don't care if you're downtown Chicago. You can touch it and not burst into flames. However, if in doubt, like if you're in downtown Chicago, I don't know if we actually have anybody who listens from Chicago or not. I'll have to check. Um, because I can see where people are listening from on the podcast. I just can't tell who it is. It gives me percentages of our audience base. But, um, yeah, you can touch the water. You aren't going to immediately die. You aren't going to get really, really sick just from touching it and then wither away and die in three months. Uh, you might wither away and die in 20, 30, 50 years but uh, congratulations, that was going to happen anyways, depending on how old you are. 
Then go home and wash your hands with just some regular soap. Or here's a novel idea. Just clean water will get you clean. Oh my goodness. It, it actually will. Uh, I'm sure that there's got to be somebody here before that's gone to a lake or a river to go swimming. And went in covered from head to toe in sand and dirt and sweat and grime. And go swimming for a little while and you come out and you're squeaky clean. Well, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Our people right now, we're pseudo-domesticated. And in some cases, fully domesticated with, you know... I don't know if anyone's ever watched Supernatural. It's a, it's a rather crappy show. Uh, but there's actually one arc where there's demons, creatures, basically... Um, raising people for food. And what do they do? They just come home... They sit down on their couch, they watch TV, and they eat and eat and eat. And they get fatter and fatter and fatter. And they just have a dead look in their eye. And, yeah, there's a lot of people like that right Well, now. most people are just waiting to die and they don't even know it. Yeah, because they're not doing anything with their lives in the first place. And this is a perfect... Oh, uh, remind me to mention this again at the end of the show. Um... Uh, Mayo said that she's going to have to retract from the Sisters of Eos for a few weeks. For a few weeks, um, going. But um, us guys can step in and help hailstorm out, so it'll be Sister of Eos and friends. Yes, which... I might even change it up just so that people understand that it's it's unfortunately um, it's going to be the Sister of for Eos for for a little while um, until Mayo can get back, uh, unless things change. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be tomorrow at noon. Precisely. Noon Eastern time. So, the same time as this show. And what I was getting at is, just like if you let a... Uh, Actually, uh, hold that thought, and then they can hear the thought when we come back from a commercial break. Thank you, Anchor FM, for sponsoring us, and thank you, everybody that listens. <laughs> All right, and now you were saying? I was saying the... Um, just like you take a, a pig or a uh, goat or something and you put it out in the wild, they go feral. They go wild again. Because feral just means that you were domesticated at one point, but you're basically feral now. You're basically wild again. And here's the thing is we have a wild state and we have a domesticated state. And right now, myself included, most of us are in a domesticated state. Mm-hmm. And it's not that hard. Just like the, the boar gets its shaggy coat and its tusks, we are not, you know, just completely as we are when we actually go wild. You've actually seen it happen with guys. Well, yeah. Well, you saw it last summer because you, I look relatively hair, hairless. And then all last summer I didn't wear a shirt. And you end up going... And uh, then I had, what, three-inch hair, all, blonde hair all over my body. Your father, the Bigfoot, slowly started coming out in you. Right, it, it, it was still blonde, so from a distance, he didn't realize just how long the hair had gotten all over my torso, simply from not wearing a, a shirt and how thick it was, until he's, I was standing in the doorway and he could see the sunlight shining past me, and he's like, is that hair? It's like three inch long hair all over my torso. Yeah, or that one guy you knew who actually grew a pelt. Right, but mine is probably almost as thick, except for his was black, so you... you couldn't help but notice it. White people black. Raven. Yeah. It was, it was raven hair. 
Well, or uh, uh, you often say that uh, pagans do not have uh, hands and nails. We have paws and claws. That's right. Christians got hands and nails. Let's put those fucking things together. Hands and nails. Pagans got paws and claws. Yeah, you've actually shown me you can actually rip flesh with just your fingertips. It's not pleasant. It's not the nails. It's the pads of the fingers. Yeah, our claws are basically behind the skin. And then if you cut calluses, actually get some tougher hands. But it's all these things. It's just what are we doing with our lives? Are we living softly or are we living more harsh? I make no two bones about it. If I could live in a more harsh life in the country, you know, basically doing mountain man stuff, I'd probably prefer to do that. I might die in the first couple of months, but I'd probably like to do that. But then I can't do this. So so that's what we're doing. And that's one thing that I want for our people. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I want people to be able to tell us that, tell that we are pagan just by looking at us, that you cannot. We shouldn't need fancy jewelry. We shouldn't need jewelry. You shouldn't even need markings. Yes, there are tribal tattoos. CG, uh, the moment he doesn't have to work, he's getting his, uh, I mean. Well, doesn't have to don't have to work, and there's somebody that, that wants to do it for him. Yeah, so he can get so his. So not going down to a tattoo parlor, but somebody that can actually do tattoos, get and they your, want to gift that to me, then you, I will allow them. You are, you are owed what, four, five? Well, I'm counting. Go ahead and keep talking. I'm counting. Uh, but that's another thing is we have this weird extreme where people are either... Yes, five of them. Where we are really into tattoos, but the tattoos mean nothing. In some cases, literally just being covered in black, like a blackout tattoo. Which I guess if you're doing a cover-up, but that's a bit extreme. Well, in a, in a way, that even links into the, the sterility of life because they're trying to sterilize their own race. Yeah, it, uh, they're uh, like that from from their own existence, from their own personal existence. They're trying to deny who and what well, they so are. People have actually done that. They have actually dyed their entire skin using tattoos. Um, but tattoo markings—that's another thing that we used to have, or even scarification if you want to go really metal, or um, or just couldn't afford tattoos or didn't have the material for it. There's a also scarification. Papa Smurf, he had scarification. And there was... You couldn't see it from a distance unless he was cold and then the scars turned purple. And then they'd stand right out against his tanned skin. But uh, when he was warm, yeah, you couldn't really see it unless you got up right close to him. Well, and from how- this, It was weird because I'm in the distance, or from a, a little bit of a distance and when he'd get cold, looked like he had tattoos. And then next time you see him, he's warm. It's like... Because swore he had tattoos. Maybe that was grease or something on his skin. And then you see him again, and then, then they're back, and eventually you get curious, and then you go up in Because eventually you'll notice the same patterns over and over again. And it was scarification. Well, but, so. Well, like, uh, and I uh, remember you telling me Papa Smurf was the kind of guy that would literally wear a shirt and throw it out because shirts were optional to him. Yes. That's another thing is... We get pretty hot in the summer well, uh, as a people, but shirtless frick. Even a lot of places don't even like people wearing shorts because it looks unprofessional. Even if the place actually sells shorts. Um, we want you to wear our clothes, but not the shorts. Yes, not the shorts. They don't work. Um, 
And it's this aversion to human body. I mean, there's been this increased push. Everything covers everything up. Whereas they are also pushing this pro-body positivity movement that's disgusting people about the flesh. Yes. Uh, and as I was saying, I do want pe- people to be able to tell the pagan from the Christian at a glance just by how we carry ourselves. And like Hans, you even did a meme kind of uh, comparing the two uh, with the, what was it? the Chad uh, Pagan Dad and pe- the... Uh, yeah. Chad Eden Father uh, first. What was it again? Uh, Virgin Christ Dad. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I was having a bit of fun with that. And truly, um, meme as it is, I would challenge people to tell me that I'm just writing nonsense on there. I can guarantee you, a lot of people who will bump into it, they may lean back in their chair for a minute and think, hey, wait, I actually recognize some of these traits uh, in either. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that you mentioned Boots and that Borg Magni is like, I can't be a Chad Heathen dad because I run around barefoot. Barefoot counts. <laughs> well, and I will Sandals. say, no man should ever wear, wear whore flops. Never. I will say, bare feet are underrated. They, it's yes. actually really comfortable. Barefoot or boots. If you must wear foot gear, boots. Uh, but see, uh, but uh, go ahead and say what you're going to say there, uh, Hans. Yeah, we've been talking for a while. Your turn. Mm. Well, in regards to that meme, well, the meme is the meme, and let it go where it will. That's. Uh, I just make them, you know, out of entertainment for myself, and hopefully other people can get a bit of a chuckle out of it. But maybe it makes them think also a little bit on. Um, you know what makes sense, or do you actually see patterns from the meme that are? Yeah, it's more than just a chuckle alone. It's also meant to make you think, and that's for each person uh, in and of him or herself who sees it. Uh, I was actually also interested in bringing also something up about the 1960s with the uh, symbolism that the hippies use, which is the. Uh, uh, yeah, these days it's known as the Algish rune, and basically it's just I call it the Z rune, uh, because or the Sh rune, if you will, because that's what it is. Yeah, you're talking about what people commonly refer to as the peace sign. That one, well, true peace is death. Sorry, true peace huh? is death because no, 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 the sign, the symbol that he's talking about. Most no. people would know it as the peace symbol. Is that the yes, one? Yes, that's the one. Go ahead. Yeah, Go they ahead. call it a peace symbol too, uh, but it's yeah, it's the peace of the grave that is uh, uh, depicted there. But there is also something else attached to that symbol. <clears throat> Usually, it's the yeah. For those who are not familiar with it, how can I best reference it? Uh, I'm gonna spell it, and then you can look it up if you will. Uh, the rune is spelled A L G I R. Uh, or uh, instead of an R, sometimes it's a Z. So Algir or uh, Algish or Algiz. And the uh, <clears throat> the rune, in, in what you might say more neo-pagan circles, I suppose, it's been giving the meaning of, oh, it's the rune of life. Fine, fair enough. You can do that. That's really none of my business for those who, you know, get something out of that. But yeah, hippies, they used the symbol. However, they did something interesting with it. And still thinking within the mindset, they reversed it, meaning they put it on its head, so to say. 
So instead of a, a, what you might call it, uh, a tree that is blooming, and now it's just an uprooted tree <laughs> that has that's um, that has nothing. And it's also uh, depicted in a circle always. Well, and it's well, that is. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. Finish what you're saying. And many people would say that they mean it's entrapment, the entrapment of you know the reversal of life. What people do not quite get out of it, though, or what they, you know, what the misconception is there, in my opinion, is people say that it is that they, the hippies have actually the rune of death. They make it the rune of death. And I would say you're almost correct. It's actually the rune of anti-life, because they do not outright uh, end their own lives. Some might, uh, I don't know, but it's more so. No, it's a, it's a warped and ruined. Uh, form of life and you can see that in their lifestyle uh, you know everything it's all just juvenile or you know a lot darker than they let on uh, downright criminal uh, and and horrific really if you really look at the under you know what hip you know what hippie dom or whatever you would call it actually is it's it's messed up it's sickening stuff that happened there and again you know it's the reason why I bring it up, it plays along well with the topic of this stream, is yeah, it, it's all about anti-life, and I think that movement, uh, peace as they as they hide it with, you know, the religion of peace, <laughs> as that it is, I suppose. Uh, it usually always comes down to with the, you know, just the disgust for life, and not improving yourself. Uh, have you know being irresponsible as can be well and that kind of ties into a, a lot of uh, other things that we say all the time so today's topic is actually really good because it ties a lot of different things together is um we, we've discussed this before usually if a if a uh, religion or ideology speaks we are a, uh, we are about love they actually have a tendency, uh, there's a lot of hatred there. A lot of hatred. If they talk about peace, they are extremely warlike. Extremely violent. If they talk about, um, uh, I don't know. We're about life. They're actually anti-life. Not not necessarily pro-death, but anti-life. Well, and uh, the symbol that uh, Hans brought up. Mm -hmm. It is actually, when it's inversed, it's often considered the death or anti-life rune. But this is the interesting bit is, in general, the way I view the runes is they're an alphabet. They're, they're even, uh, the futhark, which is just another way of saying alphabet. Um, but you can't, but there are meanings ascribed to them. It's just they're modern. But all symbols, it's like the stop sign. The fact that it's relatively new doesn't make it any less the stop sign. Right. Oh, shoot, the T-Waz is everywhere. Yeah, it's an arrow now for most people. I mean, you can't get away from it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's one hanging right behind you. Uh, lovely ornaments. Oh, which was the... made by uh, Main Man, which is uh, Miyobi's um, husband. And he did so well, I had to actually look at it really close because it's done so cleanly. It looked like it was uh, stamped on there. But, no, it's definitely a hand... It's, just because I know what I'm looking at, I can tell it's actually done by hand with a looks like a just a handheld uh, wood burner, but he, that's how clean these are. 
And uh, I got a Black Sun one, which is a focus of solar energy. Which is the same way. It's super clean. So it, it's, it's, the Hilltop Homestead, they, they, sell them on, uh, they sell them on their, on their store. I don't have the... Um, I got them the right there. Right there's maybe. the link. Uh, there's also dolls and poppets if you're into... For um, anybody listening on the, uh, on the podcast, it's Hilltop Homestead. At uh, .bigcartel.com. There you go. And uh, you can check that out there. They have really cool handmade stuff, and they're really big supporters emotionally and with just doing a lot of work, and we love to support them. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's the three main uh, meanings given to that symbol. There's the tree of life, which is the one Hans brought up. The other one is uh, it's often translated as elk. Mm-hmm. So it's like the deer, the stag, the, the crowned fertility, the... I've also heard the it symbol, referred to as a crow's foot. That too, crow's foot, which again is another that cycle because the mm-hmm. birds are messengers of the other world, especially corv, uh, like magpies, ravens, and crows, and storks, oddly. which are what they're uh, murders, murders, uh, parliaments, and uh, unkindness. Unkindness. Oh, I love those. Those names. are excellent names. It honestly, the murder and unkindness. Which are crows and ravens, I believe. Peak. Peak names for groups of birds. Well, there's another name for uh, the na- for uh, the, the magpies. But to get back to the other thing, the other thing is what it what it's sometimes taken to mean is a guy... You know how we'll stretch in the morning and just mm-hmm. go out to the sun? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Too. What is it they call it? Like the Futhark Yoga or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. But the symbol it's taken to mean is basically... Holding your arms up high. And greeting the sun. Greeting the sun or just enjoying life. Welcoming the beauty of life. Inverting that is truly horrific. To invert the tree of life, the the connection, the... And all these things. It is truly horrific. And this peace that everyone wants is the peace of the grave. It's not even the peace of the grave. It's the silence of nothingness. It's... um, Anti-life, because death and in death there is still life. Even if you don't believe in an afterlife, there's still life because the bacteria within our own bodies will consume our bodies, even if we're just left in a box. Well, and I tend to view the abyss as a modern concept, but it's good as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. They want the silence of the abyss and not the the fountain of life. Right. They don't want this brook. They don't want this chirping of the birds. They don't want this laughter of children. They want nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is, to me, that is absolutely horrifying. Yeah, it is absolutely horrifying. I got nothing else for it. Or it's just absolutely horrifying, that, well, the anti-life aspect of it. Well, then I think it's a good time that we talk about some counter-propaganda because... You've raised some kids, uh-huh. and Hans, uh, I'm not sure if he's comfortable talking about it. But, but he, he has, helps with his nephew. He has a wonderful nephew who's got a bit of a, a warrior spirit popping up in him, and I thought it might be a good time to talk about how great our man cubs are, which, unfortunately, I don't have any yet. So, But you two might be able to have a bit of a conversation there. I know I smile Well, I know a lot of times uh, me and Hans will end up talking about the importance of playing with the kids, like actual physical playing with them. I prefer that over him. <clears throat> oh, you know, I took out to my nephew. 
or any children in my life because it's um, certainly my nephew that I uh, hang out with. I'm, I'm an, you know, I'm pretty outgoing. I guess in the sense that I'm a friend of several families. Many of these <clears throat> friends of mine have become parents over the years, and I play as much with their children too. Uh, they appreciate it a lot more, the children that is. And uh, yeah, it definitely beats TV. <laughs> well, and, uh, well, yeah, just there's so many directions. Well, I was just going to say, sometimes we talk about the different lessons that can be taught to uh, to the young ones simply by pay- playing games with them. Well, and this is not... What I, not- oh, go ahead. Well, one of the things that I like to do, or I do so much really, is mind is the limit. It truly is. One day I'm going out into the forest with the, you know, with the children. Uh, other times, it's one of those public uh, what is it called? Public playing play gardens. Oh, like a playground. Like playground. Public playground. And I'll be I'll be climbing stuff with them, even though I'm way too big for it and all that <laughs> stuff. It's ridiculous. Like I'll be you know old, but I don't care. Every older adult can look at me as I am, uh, you know, while I'm trying to chase a few children as I'm, I don't know, the big monster that is chasing the, the little elves or something silly like such. Uh, the children love it, and at the end of the day, you know, older adults may look at me a bit, you know, like, well, what the hell is that guy doing? Uh, but never, not a one, have, has anyone walked to me and said, oh, you need to stop doing that. No, because people in general, that is actually how we should interact with our children. Plus, it keeps you fit. <laughs> I can guarantee well, you that. Well, and if an adult <laughs> did have the um, the intestinal fortitude, I guess, to walk up to you and say something like that, I'm sure that the kids would be absolutely horrified at the idea of you not playing with them anymore. I know for a fact that would sadden them uh, immensely. I mean, even... Uh, Let's say you've been playing with them for two or three hours straight, like non-stop. And I'm just soaking in sweat and all. It's a, it's a really good cardio exercise, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you want to do your cardio, forget the gym and just have children. I promise you. <laughs> and if you I've, don't have your own children yet, borrow a couple. Yeah, and again, you know, children of friends. Uh, why not? They're... I consider them as much my children as they are the children of the actual parents. Why? Because that's what a responsible adult does when it comes to children. And also, you're teaching, you're having, it gives you, um, you know, they will talk about you like you're just one of the kids, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've been confronted with a lot. It's like, oh, you know, uh, like you, you'll have uh, some of my friends. They will call me, and it's like, oh, little, uh, little Mary wants to uh, wants to know if uh, if Uncle Hans can come to play. You know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. It's like the children themselves asking, and if Uncle Hans has time, he'll he'll actually go and go play with them. Anything. Uh, also, a big one. Children don't need expensive gifts. 
they need smart gifts if you're going to give them anything at all. Mm -hmm. The biggest gift is your time. And please remember that. The biggest gift you can give a child is your time and having fun with them. They will remember that. Absolutely will. And uh, <clears throat> you don't need to do anything special. Usually they even... Um, uh, they will give you direction, if you will. They will tell you what they want to do. And you can be like, oh, right, we can do that. And they may try to test you sometimes. Uh, they may try to do something stupid. Well, stupid in the sense of... They'll try something that is most unwise. But they'll do it because you are there. And that you then hopefully then can say, hey, uh, try it. But don't, you know, don't cry if you fall on your butt or something like that. And allow them to get a bruise or two. That's fine. Children are remarkably... Tough. Pick them up, dust them off. Well, I was telling you before that I'd inadvertently um, taught children first aid. How to gauge if a boo-boo is a serious boo-boo or not a boo-boo. Um, all kinds of just basic things because I let them run around. They fall down. They cry. They cry because they fall down and they're scared and they think that they might be hurt. So then go up and assess it and then let them know, okay, well, this is okay. Just a little bit of skin peeled back. Uh, don't don't pick it yet. It'll dry up and then, then we can get rid of that. But it's it's just fine. Uh, don't worry until it goes through this and then if that hap if it goes in this deep, for instance, this thing is going to happen, then let me know and uh, then we can talk about it then and I'll show you what to do. And then they come right down. And I've seen kids doing first aid on each other, accurately uh, assessing injuries. Like, <laughs> like one actually broke his ankle um, and... The other kids looked and said, yes, the ankle is not supposed to do that. You stay there. We're going to go get an adult. <laughs> and the, they knew to go get somebody to fix the boo-boo because, the, yeah, they, they weren't just putting that straight. Or uh, what I do also, for example, is um, exercises, push-ups, mm -hmm. uh, and, and such things. Or and I'm not sure what the exercise is called, you know, like uh, leaning against the wall, but as if you're sitting on an invisible chair. Yeah, it's uh, uh, that, uh, wall sits, I think that's what they call them. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, like these kind of things. Suddenly, out of the blue, without saying anything, I start doing that when the children are around. And <laughs> it's, uh, they, they usually they don't even question it. They immediately start joining in, but in their own way, you know, so... They actually just start leaning against the wall or um, <clears throat> when it comes to push-ups, yeah, you'll see all kinds of nonsense. Um, but I think that is just also setting a good example of, uh, because then, you know, while you're doing it or when you're done, you uh, you show off. Like, ah, oh, I've done my exercises and you pump your muscle or whatever it's going to be. Now I'm big and strong or a little bit stronger or something. It's... Uh, well, and another thing, that I, I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't know if I'd be a good uncle. I don't know if I'd be a good dad. I don't know if I'd be a good mom because I don't know this and I don't know that. And here's, here's I'm going to give everybody the harsh reality right here. If you don't have kids, have kids. You will be, if you spend time with your kids and you don't overly protect them like, uh, who's that goddess from the Eddas? Frig. 
Don't don't pull a frig, uh, frig and try to keep them from all harm. Um, let the child risk a little bit. Let them get some boo-boos. You will be just fine. Nobody, nobody is ready for anything, really, until after it happens. Relax. It's okay. Just spend time with your kids and play with them. That That's all that you really have to do to teach them. Well, and the... Uh the children, it's a cliche term, but they are the future. We pass on everything. Yeah, the left grab a hold of it and just warp the shit out of that. Yes. we. And they, they grabbed a hold of that for a reason. Yes, exactly. It's because it's true. But how they present it is fucked up. But we pass on the stories. We pass on the tales. The physical skills. Like uh, your family. Uh, when they, they taught you to blacksmith, they taught you to fight. But they also had moments where they were like, Look, and they'd point you to, uh, what was it, a chickadee? A tit. A tit. Uh, one of your favorite birds. Uh, yes. A tit, and it would go, that too is a child of the hunter. Or um, I told a friend about Rubizel, uh, Sean. I'm just going to name drop you there. Uh, he went to his uh, little brothers, because there's a huge age gap, so he's an adult and they're little kids. And he played Rubizel's uh, cave. And he was having them bring him stuff, and like he was playing the part of Rubizol, the spirit or deity, and they were bringing him stuff. And it was a whole game, and they got to... Or as I like to call him, old, old man in the mountain, because I don't want to make him mad at me. Yes, it's probably not a good idea to make him mad at you. But they had a really fun time, and they loved it. Or uh, like I was talking to Moy in the chat, and I told him to talk to his uh, nephew about Dodgebog. Tell him about uh, how he's... Go, how he goes across the sky, tell him about the wolf shepherd, the giving god. Well, and, and spending more, time with the kids, it's something I, I'm really hoping to eat, bake, sing, uh, which, by the way, uh, we got her uh, a CD from her. Uh, we purchased her CD, and she... Uh, thank you for the uh, extra gifts as well and the, the lovely letter that you sent us. But it's a video I'm trying to get her to do where... Um, it's a custom that my family did with, with the little kids. Is you, you take a woman... Um, Young as possible, but because of the maiden aspect of it. But uh, pretty much any female will work. White dress, you take the kids out before the sun actually comes up. And then um, the singing style would be closest to calling, yes. And do that until the sun is all the way up. And it's basically imitating the various bird calls and animal calls. So calling is as close as you can get. And that, that'll work. Just go out there and calm until the sun comes up. And it... It's spending time with the kids. It let it turns something that happens every day into a magical moment. Yes, and from then on, in the singing of the birds in the morning, the children hear the cry of a goddess, the, yeah. the singing of Suna. There's just so many different things that we can do it with, with the kids, and it's it all comes down to spending time with them. It's it's it doesn't matter if you're teaching a little boy how to sharpen sharpen an axe or swing the axe or a hammer or how to build something, how to bake, how to cook, how to pick blueberries. Just spending time with the kids. That's really all that you have to do as a parent is spend time with the kids and uh, try to keep them from setting themselves on fire. And if you manage that, you did pretty good. Yeah, and there's a scene, and we were talking about all this anti-life, anti-life the beautiful thing is that even though these people have done so much, we still are overjoyed at new life, at a new baby Hyperborean man cub, a new white child, uh, the flowers coming up, the, all of these beautiful things. 
And there's a scene in uh, The Simpsons, and it's absolutely beautiful. And it's the episode where they talk about how Maggie was born. And they ask, where did all the pictures of Maggie go? And uh, Homer's like, I keep them in the place where I need the most cheering up. And uh, Mr. Burns had put up this sign that said, don't forget you're here forever as punishment for Homer having to come back to a job he hates to support Maggie. And he took the pictures of Maggie and he put them over the sign. And he, re and he covered up the letters so that instead of saying, don't forget you're here forever, it's do it for her, surrounded by pictures of his uh, youngest daughter. And that is uh, an absolutely beautiful message. We might not be able to live in the world we're hoping to build very long. We might be only able to give the... We might only be able to plant the seeds for it. Yes. But we're doing, not doing it just for us. In fact, we're doing it less for us than those that are yet to come. Our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and so on and so forth. Their grandchildren and their grandchildren's grandchildren. We want to plant the, the forests that they will be able to live under. To, mm. be in the, to, to climb great heights to the canopy. We want them to be able to have that. Even if we, unfortunately, are stuck with largely what we have. Right, and... Um... Yeah, so basically I, I recommend everybody do what, what Hans does. Grab your niece, grab your nephew, grab the the, uh, the children of your of your friends. They're probably happy enough to have you go out and play with them and just roll around in the dirt with them. Be silly. Yeah, be... It's... Uh, there's another... And just to quote another guy, there's a guy that said... Um, being a dad is great. We do all these th childish things we always wanted to do, but we get to lie and say we're doing it for our kids. The kids love them, and we love them. <laughs> That's actually a funny one. But it is genuinely... <clears throat> I mean... All these broken individuals who, who speak about the horror of parenthood, they don't know what they're talking about. And if you're unfit to have children doesn't mean that others aren't either. That's uh, something that, yeah. Well, the, is, true horror, really the true horror, I would say, of having children is not spending time with them. And that is another aspect of how they've, the cult of sterility acts. Separate the family, because right. the family unit is... Which is basically what you was, what you was just talking about there. And not spending time with, with the kids, that is actually, if you think about it, the most horrific thing that we can do. Well, because everybody wants to talk about stay-at-home moms. The dad used to stay home, too. And it's because they both worked from home. The mother might spin and the father might work in the fields, or he might blacksmith, or he might be a glassmaker. Or a knife sharpener, or who knows. Goldsmith, uh, apothecary. A butcher? A baker, a candlestick maker. And the kids got to learn everything at the... At the side of their parents, the people mm -hmm. that care about well, them. Well, kids most. couldn't wait to grow up. Yeah, that's another thing, is they've made kids dread becoming adults. That's why we have overgrown children. I won't children. grow up, I won't grow up. Yeah, I, if I had had, you know, people like CG, people like uh, the strong men, people... Oh, my kid, uh, the, the kids I raised couldn't wait to be grown-ups. Yeah, but myself, I dreaded it. 
I, on the one hand, I liked the idea of having the freedom, but at the same time, every adult around me was miserable. Um, I've had some conversations with uh, uh, somebody else in the group. Uh, Mick Thunder, he, he's got some kids. And uh, I told him, you know, how, I, how I've always done with kids, and sometimes adults, which always gets the kids' attention, is when it comes time for decision-making, somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about, usually kids, but sometimes adults, they'll say, yeah, you're not a real person yet. And then talk to everybody that does know what they're doing. And if I got a smarter kid, look, it's rare, but it does happen where you got the nine-year-old. He's not just and knows a lot of stuff, but he's thoughtful. He thinks about things before he opens up his mouth. That kid, I will allow into the adult conversations where we're talking about how, I don't know, how to pull a motor out of a car. It doesn't matter what the thing is so much. You know, I keep them out of some conversations, but when it comes to planning how to build a house, uh, uh, how are we going to do the garden, something like that, if the kid actually thinks, I'll pull them over to the adult portion of the, the conversation. Everybody else, yeah, you're not a real person yet. What do you think, little Tommy? What do you think, little little Henry or whatever his name is? As I'm talking with the other adults that know what the hell they're talking about. And then all of a sudden, people, they want to be part of that conversation. That's why I do that. Yeah, and it's it just goes to show how much they've sanitized, how much they've sterilized. Because they've sterilized us spiritually. They've sterilized us physically, emotionally, mentally. Uh, everything. They, they've tried to take everything from us and reduce us to a blank slate that has nothing. You want to see some shock on, on a face. <laughs> Having a, con a serious conversation about, I don't know, uh, pulling the motor from a car. And those guys are out there talking. And then you got the nine-year-old and he's over there talking with us. And a 36-year-old man walks up. You're not a real person. Go away. You want to watch all the kids go, what? <laughs> it is absolutely hilarious. I suggest that, that everybody start doing that. Uh, actually assess people and decide, uh, is their opinion actually worth a fuck? Yeah, because there's, there's this old saying, a very wise old saying. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one and they all stink. Yeah. Now, does it smell like roses or shit? That's the question. But, uh, yeah, we're getting into the last few minutes if we want to wrap this up. All right. I will say they've tried to say that we we should fear the wild, that we should fear that part of us that's more wild, that we should fear the flesh, that we should fear having children, that we should fear, 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 fear. They've even started to take away things like that we love doing with children. Halloween, Yule, Easter. And even if they keep it around, they sanitize it. Eggs become plastic. Uh, Halloween becomes a night of just scary movies and not going anywhere. We can buy the Reese's Pieces. Uh, Yule becomes increasingly plastic and monetary-based rather than community-based. But... In our traditions, in how we do things, in our stories, in our myths, in the spirit of who we are as a people, you can still find who we are. On Easter and May Day and all these other holidays, we crown the children. Well, there's the state fair queen. We crown that shining light, that, that, new, that young girl, that young boy, with the potential and the grace and the courage and everything that we aspire to be as adults. 
and we put them in the, on a pedestal for a brief moment to remind people that they are the future and they will do great things. These Easter kings and queens, these May kings and queens, these Harvest Fair queens and kings. It's us remembering that these are the future and they are precious. And we crown them, they shimmer like the sun and the moon. And they burn twice as bright for us in that moment. And we must never forget that and we must never let this sterility cult tell us what is good and what is not good. Because there is absolute beauty in a newborn babe, in a child, in the hope that brings. And we need to scruff our knees, we need to swim in rivers, we need to get dirty. Because if all you do is live in a plastic bubble, are you really living? Tao out. At the end of your life, imagine yourself lying on your deathbed. Who will you be surrounded by? Will you be surrounded by the people you helped raise? The people you brought into this world with your partner? And look around you and say, I did my best. Not just for myself, but for all of you as well. And be it that we all have that, that time when our lives are to end which is a good thing because our bodies they <clears throat> they won't last forever and they would become prisons if we were immortal so it's a good thing but in the passing of a life in the passing of your life to look at all those people and to say I did my best I did what I could and I hope it was enough to that, would you rather have that, or would you rather be in an empty room, counting every second that you are existent in this, in your current life, so to say, and that in and of itself being it, while there is nobody else there, because you listened to all these miserable uh, people, who they themselves will die alone and forgotten, and be forgotten soon after. What is the preference there? Maybe worth thinking about. It's important that every passing day is the day we could have done something great. Maybe it's worthwhile to not let the those who are sickened with life, disgusted with life, also take it away from us. And with that said, you all have a good one and bye-bye. All right, so... Um... Yeah, a life worth living. That's that's basically what today's show is about, and that's what every day should be about. That's what every show really is about, is a life worth living. So don't be safe. Be bold. Live boldly. Don't live in fear. And that is how we become the gods of tomorrow.
Oh, thank you.